not going to be here a long time. We just want to give a few words of encouragement. Our scripture reading will be taken from 2 Chronicles, chapter 16, verses 7 through 14. 2 Chronicles, chapter 16, verses 7 through 14. And at that time, Hanani, the seer, came to Asia, Asa, king of Judah, and said unto him, Because thou hast relied on the king of Syria, and not relied on the Lord thy God, therefore is the host of the king of Syria escaped out of thine hand. Were not the Ethiopians and the Lubims a huge host, with very many chariots and horsemen? Yet because thou didst rely, on, didst rely on the Lord, he delivered them into thine hand. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. Herein thou hast done foolishly. Therefore from henceforth thou shalt have wars. Then Asa was wroth with the seer. And put him in a prison house. For he was enraged with him because of this thing. And Asa oppressed some of the people the same time. And behold the acts of Asa. First and last. Lo they are written in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel. And Asa in the thirty and ninth year of his reign was diseased in his feet. Until his disease was exceedingly great. Yet in his disease he sought not the Lord, but to the physicians. And Asa slept with his fathers and died in the one and fortieth year of his reign. And they buried him in his own sepulcher, where, which he had made for himself in the city of David. And laid him in the bed, which was filled with sweet odors and divers kind of spices, prepared by the apothecary's art. And they made a very great burning for him. You may be seated. There is, there is much that can be said here. But this morning, we want to talk about the Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. But as I began to review what Father has given me, the question came to me as well. And that is, are you with him? The Lord is with you. But the question is, are you with him? We know earlier in Chronicles, if you've read the book of Chronicles, you found in, in chapter 7, uh, to be exact, God said to the people, it would, if they would humble themselves and pray and seek his face, he said, then I, I will, in turn from your wicked ways, then, then you'll hear from me. 
In chapter 14, starting in verse 2, because, see, in chapter 14, Abijah died, and Asa took his place. So in verse 2 it says, Asa did that which was good and right in the eyes of the Lord, his God. For he took away the altars of the strange gods and the high places and break down the images and cut down the groves and commanded Judah to seek the Lord God of their fathers and do the law and the commandments. Also he took away out of all the cities of Judah, the high places and the images and the kingdom was quiet before him. And he built cities, fenced cities in Judah. For the land had rest and he had no wars in those years because the Lord had given him rest. He did that which was pleasing. Meaning all the idols and all the things that were not pleasing in the sight of God, he removed. Started out right, huh? When, when we receive Christ, we usually start out right. In our life, as we live for God, as we search the scriptures, as we seek guidance and help, do we remove what is not pleasing to him? In the beginning, there are some things that, that, that are shown to us that we need to, to get rid of, and we have no problem with it. But as it goes along as we begin to continue to seek his face and he really begins to trim off some of that excess mm -hmm. that you want to hang on to. Do we continue to walk with him? Asa had an army of men that bore targets and spears and the Ethiopians came against him with a host of thousands of thousands of chariots. In verse 11, it said, and Asa cried unto the Lord, his God, and said, Lord, it is nothing with thee to help. Oh, come on. Huh? Does it take a whole lot for God to do what he has to do down here? I mean, all the things is built up. I mean, just a, just a blow of his breath. And there's a tsunami. Just a, a, an anger inside there's an earthquake mm. so Lord he said Lord it is nothing with thee to help whether with many or with them that have no power to help us oh Lord our God for we rest on thee and in thy name we go against this multitude mm. oh Lord thou art our God let not man prevail against thee how many believe God can do the same thing today? Amen. It is nothing for God to handle your problem. Amen. I mean, just, just all of a sudden, I mean, just listening to the testimonies. I mean, how possible could a bottle break and only that happen? It, it, just to let you know that I got you. Huh? When she throwing up this hand, God then threw up his hand. Yes, Lord. And his hand is bigger than her hand. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Oh, the Lord is so good. 
When you depend on him is, is the thing. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Amen. Oh, sometimes we think so because things still just don't go the way we want it. But he has not left you and he's not forsaken you. There's nothing too hard for God. Amen. If you recall the very words by Jesus saying when, when they wanted to know was he the one and Jesus said I am he what happened they all fell just I am he and they couldn't stand on their feet huh oh that's almighty and in the book of numbers before Aaron could get the censor up between God and man, 14,700 died. Aaron stood between the dead and the living. Now, I don't know about you. I wouldn't want to be the, the last one before Aaron stood up. I'd rather be the first one that stood on the living side. But did you know, not only that, it is Jesus that stands between. Jesus stands between us and Father God. He stands between eternal damnation and eternal salvation. He is our protector. He came that we may have eternal life. God fought the battle for Moses and Aaron against those that went against them. Jesus has become the mediator between us and Father God. So in verse 12 it says, So the Lord smote the Ethiopians before Asa and before Judah, and the Ethiopians fled. When God moves in your life, the enemy knows it, and you know it. When God does what he does, and what he does is best, yes, yes. everybody knows. And do you understand why even when Sister Rosalind said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works yes. and glorify your Father in heaven? Don't you understand that when you let your light so shine, even the world recognizes there's a God. Amen. But if it's flickering and, and, and all these different things happening, they have no idea what's going on. They see you ain't no different because they, they can cause a flicker. In fact, you flickering because they caused it. You didn't rely on the Lord. Am I talking to somebody in here? When, when God moves in your life, the enemy knows it and you know it. Looking at James 4, verse 8, it said, draw nigh unto God. And he will draw nigh unto you. But before he moves, he tells us to submit ourselves unto God. Then resist the devil. And he will flee. We ain't got no business running from the devil. The church world even made a song of, I beat the devil running and I'm glad about it. What you glad about? He whooping you. But if you do as the word of God says, he's going to do the running. Because he cannot stand or withstand the power of God. Yes, 
Now let's break this down just a little. Submit. Everybody think it's just a, it's a bad word. Submit means to surrender or yield yourself. Surrender or yield yourself. Do you, do you realize even as a pastor, it is my responsibility to surrender and yield myself to you? I am your servant. I am not your master. I am an example of how you should surrender. Amen. Jesus surrendered himself. We need to do the same. So submit. It's not a bad word. It's not a bad word for a, a wife to, to submit herself to her husband. Amen. Because in actuality, he has first made a submission Amen. to her. Giving her the example of what submission means. So surrender or yield yourself to the authority, the commandment, the will of God. Give yourself to his guidance and direction. Surrender to his word spoken by his spirit. This is where your deliverance and help comes from. Then resist. This means to remain firm against. It means to withstand. Don't yield or allow the words of Satan or anyone that speaks negative to cause you to yield or listen. Don't allow it. If it's negative, reject it. Cast down imaginations and every high thing that, it, that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. Then draw. It means to cause to move in a given direction by applying continuous force. You must be motivated. And you must motivate yourself. You must make yourself available. You must deny yourself. See, there are times, if, if you think about it, there are times... Uh, folks that have a job, there's times you don't want to go to work. Amen. <laughs> Boy, I got an amen on that one. Let me say, Jesus is Lord. Amen. There are simply times you do not want to go to work. But when someone says, we're going to have a party, all of a sudden you done got motivated. You, 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 don't, you don't feel good. Uh, you you, you kind of, but there's going to be a party. I mean, when, when I worked at Ford's, through the whole year, everybody's struggling to go to work. But on the last day of work, they got a party going on. In fact, all year they've been building up so there's no hard work that you have to do. I, I recall we go in and we done, we done built up so much that we may have to work maybe one hour. Out of eight hours, one hour. And the rest, we is partying. And them folks in there were party. I mean, they was bringing in. Uh -huh. yeah. 
They walked in straight. But half of them couldn't walk out. And they had to leave before the party was over just so they wouldn't get caught. But they were motivated. And saints, regardless of how tired you are, you're not tired enough. I'm going in for this. Another thing that Ford Motor Company would do to motivate us, they, they put in the contract, if you have perfect attendance each quarter, they give you $50. Trying to motivate you to come to work. But you know what? I, they need something to motivate folks today. No, because folks just don't want to come to work. In fact, folks don't want to work. So I don't know what it's going to take to motivate people to do things today. But my question is, why can't we be motivated ourselves when it comes to serving God or going to church? What is it going to take to motivate us to come sit at his feet and hear his word? Amen. Amen. Israel got motivated so many times. They, they, the Lord would deliver them. And they, they turn away yeah. and, and, and all of a sudden something come upon them. Mm -hmm. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his wonderful works yeah. and God would deliver them and they, they, they'd be all right for a minute and then boom, they back at it again. Yeah. Sound, sound like somebody? Yeah. <laughs> what is it going to take to motivate us to serve the Lord? Nine means approaching or pressing towards, to draw near or close. So when we draw nigh, we deny ourselves and all the fleshly lusts and desires. Then move towards God by applying continuous force so we may have a relationship with God. It means we are surrendering to God and ignoring Satan. I mean, that, that is a perfect combination. Amen, amen. Surrendering to God and ignoring Satan. And moving in the direction of what is taught and written. We are applying them continuously and forcibly. By doing so, we will not only establish a relationship, but we also establish communication with the relationship. I mean, those two go hand in hand. Just like in a marriage. If you can have a relationship with no communication, if there is no communication, there is no relationship. Huh? In order for things to work, there's got to be both communication for a relationship. Listening to my sister saying that she was giving encouraging words. Not only encouraging words, but actually took action and took the phone away. Amen. Amen. That's love. Amen. That's courage. <laughs> <laughs> but true love. Showing that he loves her that much. I want you in perfect health and condition. 
I see the unseen. I see what's happening. And I'm not going to have it. Husbands, can you, can you see what's happening to your wives? And are you saying, I'm not going to have it? I've got a few amens. Wives, can you see some of the things happening to your husband? And say, I'm not going to have it. I'm going to be an example before him that he may see and be won by my chaste conversation. Huh? Not only what I speak, but how I act. That's the love of God. The marriage we experience in Christ, there has to be communication with our relationship. In a marriage, I can guarantee you, husbands blame wives and wives blame husbands for the poor communication. You said it. You didn't say. You didn't tell me. No, it was just. That's just that's, that's. In Christ, the communication breakdown we have, we cannot blame God Amen. or Christ. Amen. It ain't going to work. Don't even open your mouth and try to formulate something. In fact, I can recall God saying to Isaiah, come now. Let us reason together. Saith the Lord, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Thou, they may be red as crimson, they shall be as wool. In other words, you got the problem. But God approaches you. Huh? God ain't, God ain't got no problem. You messing up. As, as you crawling in the wrong direction. And he comes in. Come now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let us reason together. Let's 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 talk. Huh? But what what happens when 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 spouses wants to talk to the other? I don't want to hear that. <laughs> Does that not happen with 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 parents and children? Huh? I I can I can guarantee you in the beginning of 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 a growing relationship between Latoya and Tor. When, when, she, when she was crawling around, pick up and turn around. But it, teenage years. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? Mama, don't tell me that. I don't want to hear it. You know what, saints? I'm going to tell you, and you know I go back in the day. I bet not. Uh-uh. But my mama had power. She say, go out there and get me a switch off the weeping willow. I say to this day, I don't know why they call that tree a weeping willow. Because it wasn't the one weeping. And I had to go get my own switch. You know that hurt. 
get my own switch. If I could have found a rotten tree with a rotten branch, as soon as she swung, it would break up, I would have. But today, go to your own. I'm going to take your, your phone away. I'm going to take your iPad away. No, you don't. All you say is go to your room. And they got everything in their room. Television, PlayStation. Huh? Or, or go to your room and, and your brother's there playing with you. But you know what I'm saying? If it was a matter of go to your room after you got a whooping, huh? It, it'd be a different story. But we don't do whoopings today. I know, I know on Rocky they say, hit me and I'll sue you. Today, hit me, I'll call the police. I, I'm trying to remember my, when my brother was living, he did something. And my mama took him to the police station. Now, you know, you know that's tough. Huh? I don't want to spend not one minute in jail. Half the time you call the police, they won't even come. But we can't blame God or Christ. Not at all. If you go back to verse 1 of James 4, it says, From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence even of your lust that war in your members? Fighting is not just with your neighbor. Fighting is also a war in yourself. The Galatians tells us that the flesh lusts against the spirit. They are contrary one to another. Peter tells us to abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul. Verse 2, ye lust and have not. Ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. Ye fight and war, yet ye have not, because ye ask not. Many of the wars we fight is within, which causes a battle from without. Verse 3 says, you ask and receive not, because you ask amiss, that you may consume it upon your lust. If we have need of something, we should ask God. Amen. And I said, Need of something. Need of something. But what we ask are things we don't have need of. How many know, I, how many know I'm right? A lot of things we ask for we have no need of. We ask it for the wrong reason. We want it for the wrong reason. We want, only because, we want it only because someone else has it. I don't want it in. Don't even know what one of them is. Some want it just because they can have it. Now, Saint, let me ask this question. Have you ever prayed for something and you knew you didn't need it? Let's be honest. You pray for something knowing you didn't need it. Knowing you couldn't pay for it. Is that easier? 
And in some cases, you got it. And afterwards, you admit it. You didn't need it. In some cases, it got repossessed. Because it costs you more after you got it. You finally admit, I, well, I didn't need that. Or didn't know where to put it. What you thought was a blessing from God was not. What you got didn't come from above. It came from you. The end of this verse says, cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Meaning it takes a made-up, motivated mind that has stayed on Christ and in Christ to continue to submit unto God and resist the devil. Now, in Chronicles, Asa started off good in doing what God asked but let's see how he ended up. Let's go to 2 Chronicles 15. Starting in verse 1. And the Spirit of God came unto Ezariah the son of Oded. And he went out to meet Asa and said unto him, Hear ye me, Asa, and all Judea and Benjamin. The Lord is with you while ye be with him. And if you seek him, he will be found of you. But if ye forsake him, he will forsake you. Y'all hear that? There's always a plus and a minus. If you do what you're supposed to do, you'll get what you're supposed to get. Now for a long season, Israel had been without the true God and without a teaching priest and without law. But when they in their trouble did turn unto the Lord, God of Israel, and sought him, he was found of them. See, even though it seems like we are going through a season, even though the world is not honoring and recognizing God, we know the Lord is with us while we are with him. And he is taking care of us, even though America is forsaking God. God's children are protected by him because they seek his face and they turn from their wicked ways. And he's already indicated. It's no, he said, I will hear from heaven. I don't have to come down there to hear you. I can sit on my throne and hear everything you got to say. If you seek my face. But if you do not seek my face. If you turn. If you don't turn from your wicked ways. Then the heavens are going to be brass. And your prayers are not going to make it. What I like about this is. Even though we're going through our season. And they went through their season. We know the Lord is with us, and for us it is good because they didn't have the Spirit residing in them. Yes. Amen. But we do. Verse 5 says, and in those, those times there was no peace to him that went out, nor to him that came in, but great vexation were upon all the inhabitants of the countries. 
as it is now. Today, there is no peace. Nowhere. There are wars against countries. Wars between gangs. Wars with our neighbors. And wars in the church. And the nation was destroyed of nations and city of city. For God did vex them with all adversity. Be strong, therefore, and let not your hands be weak. For your work shall be rewarded. Oh, do, do, you, do you hear what God is saying? Be strong. Don't be weak. I got you. We must stay strong in the times we are now in. We must stand fast, therefore, in the liberty where Christ has made us free. Be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage or your own understanding or all those negative words that come from the world. If we can be still, the enemy will be exposed himself. And is doing so. We can plainly see these things come up on the earth. The tragedy that is happening to Ukraine. The devastation going on here in the United States. From the politics to the floods. From the floods to the fire. From the fires to the famine and gas shortage. Let us fret not. Let not your hands become weak. Be not weary in well-doing. For our work shall be rewarded. He will not forget our works and labor of love that we bestowed upon him. Verse 8 says, And when Asa heard these words, and the prophecy of Odad, the prophet, he took courage and put away the abominable idols out of all the land of Judah and Benjamin, and out of the cities which he had taken from Mount Ephraim, and renewed the altar of the Lord that was before the porch of the Lord. When you hear the encouraging words to you, what do you do? Does it lift you up that you can begin to lift your hands and praise him? You're doing what I want you to do. Praise him. Give him all the praise. He deserves it. But with Asa, it didn't last long. How many times have you said, Lord, if you get me out of this mess, I will not do this again. I don't know how many times I said it. Put me on a job at Ford Motor Company. Everything is fine. Then I cut up and do something I ain't got no business doing. Lord, if you just give me a transfer, I won't do this again. And just as soon as I get transferred, the old Tony come right back on in. Lord, if you get me out of this again, I won't do it again. How many times? To the point where he removed me from the Ypsilanti plant and took me down to Michigan truck plant. Oh, Lord, you got to get me out of this one. You want to be moved? Be careful what you ask for. <laughs> but the Lord knew. And, and the beautiful part about it, I mean, I had a pastor that was praying. He prayed for me. He, he saw the trouble that was on, on me, how broke down I was. My wife praying. And, and finally, the Lord spoke to my pastor and said, don't pray for him no more. 
Lord, what you doing? He said, because I got to finish work. See, I had to be broken down, busted, and stop being disgusted. Flesh had to be moved out the way. And I didn't realize it. And, and, and I, I didn't really know what I, what, where the, what I got to do. But when the Lord finished, seven years, one month, and one week, <laughs> he moved me back to the Ypsilanti plant and put me in a position that was beautiful. I mean, a position to where Ford Motor Company forgot where I was at. They didn't know whether I was hourly or salary. They didn't know whether I was skilled trade or no trade. I was in the middle of the plant, just getting paid. Huh? Amen, amen. Thank you, Lord. 10 hours a day, just being there. I'd go in, and actually, because there was no work, I'd take a nap. <laughs> Wake up and go get breakfast. That's my job right there, no. <laughs> Come back and take a nap. Wake up and go to lunch. Come back and take a nap. Punch out and repeat it. And it was not like I was not available. They didn't know where to find me. It got to where I created my own job. And when the Lord finished, they closed the plant. I, I tell everybody, when I got hired, there was 4,000 people. And then nobody know me. When I retired, there was only 40 people. And then nobody know me. But they closed the plant. It was, and I, ever since I got hired, I've been hearing they closing the plant. But they didn't until God fulfilled what had to be done. Now, is it because of me? No. But all I'm saying is God was in the midst. Doing what he did best. But if you get me out of this, Lord. How long will that last? How long is it before you begin to sing that tune again? In chapter 16, it tells us that the king of Israel went up against Asa, who was the king of Judah. Instead of relying on God as before, Asa took money out of the storehouse of the Lord's and gave it to the king, saying, let there be an agreement between me and you. I see two things here. First, he no longer relied on God who fought for him. Second, he used God's money to buy them off. That's not a good idea. Amen. That is what's happening today in many places is those in authority are using God's money yeah. to do things
for themselves. And I, I feel, what, 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 what word do they call it today? Embezzlement? You don't do that. It's like, if I can put it in these terms, it's like you giving someone your lunch money as a little child so they won't beat you up. Because, see, that's what was happening is the father, forefather, they was warring against each other. But Asa said, hey, let's don't, let's don't do like our daddies did. You know, here, here's some money so, you, so we don't have to do that. Not good. So watch this. He said, let us not feud like our fathers did. We're, we're, in, we're in 16. I ain't, I ain't got to the verse yet. But let us feud like our fathers did. Our fathers fought, and I'm, I'm going to pay you to be my friend. You don't think God sees that? Okay, now let's go to verse 7. And at that time, Hanani the seer came to Asa, king of Judah, and said unto him, you see, going back again, Asa was doing what he was supposed to do. And the Lord was taking care of him. But now here's another situation come up. If God took care of you in another situation, won't he do it again? Can he do it again? Is he any weaker? But it says, because thou hast relied on the king of Syria and not relied on the Lord, thy God, therefore is the host of the king of Syria escaped out of thine hand. You lost it all now. Were not the Ethiopians and the Libyans a huge host with very many chariots and horsemen? Yet because thou didst rely on, didst rely on the Lord, he delivered into thine hand. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of them whose heart is perfect toward him. Is that not what we need, a heart perfect towards him? Amen. A mature heart serving him in spirit and in truth? It says, herein thou hast done foolishly. Therefore, from henceforth thou shalt have wars. Everything was peaches and cream. When nobody fighting with you, when nobody messing with you, when you do as God has you to do, you got peace in your, in your own mind. Amen. Even though there's wars roaming around you, you got peace of mind. He's taking care of you. When did God stop looking over you? God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God is not wishy-washy like man. Huh? I mean, that's, that's how come so many relationships don't even last because it's wishy-washy. I wish this day and wash the next. If God protected them, he will protect them now. That goes for us as well, saints. If God took care of you in one situation, he'll do it again. If we trusted him before, we can trust him now. 
Now look at verse 10. Then Asa was wroth or angry with the seer and put him in prison. Striking the messenger. You can't, you can't strike God. For he was enraged with him because of this thing. And Asa oppressed some of the people the same time. He's so upset, he not only put the seer in prison, but he's going to mess with the people. If I could put it in these terms, and God knows it wouldn't. Like somebody coming in and sharing with me what I have not done, and I get mad and put him out. Then I get mad and do things to you as well. Oh, heaven forbid. That's what's happening today. Here's my question. Why do we get mad when someone tells us the truth? Why do we get mad when God shows us our error? Why do we take it out on everyone else? How can we even entertain being mad at God? Verse 11, and behold, the acts of Asa first and last, lo, they were written in the book of kings of Judah and Israel. Asa really got so mad and beside himself, he stopped serving God. You know anybody like that? They just, they just got to the point, they don't serve God no more. You see them come from a long way and all of a sudden they just turn their back on God. God ain't did nothing to him but told him the truth. Huh? If, if, if he tells you not to go in that direction and tells you what's going to happen if you go in that direction and you go in that direction anyway and it happened, why get mad at him? Amen. He, turned you, he turned you around and she said, place your feet on solid ground. And what you do is you turn back around and get in seeking sand. Verse 12. And Asa, in the 30 and ninth year of his reign, was diseased in his feet. Until his disease was exceeding great. Yet in his disease, he sought not the Lord, but to the physicians. Even after he was warned, he did not seek God's face. He was given time to turn back to the Lord. The Lord showed him mercy. Being wrong is one thing. Staying wrong is another. There are, there are so many people that are angry with God for no reason. People are mad with people because they didn't get what they wanted or they told them the truth. Don't let your pride stop you from turning to God or receiving the truth from God. If you don't remember anything else, remember what Peter said to Jesus when Jesus asked him and the others, would they also go? Peter said, to whom shall we go? Only you have the words of eternal life. Jesus is still the only way 
the only truth, the only life. Jesus is still the only way to get to the Father. Jesus is still the only one that offers salvation. And Asa slept with his fathers and died in one and 40 years of his reign. Two years later. Even in this, he was shown mercy. He had two years that he could have sought the Lord for healing and forgiveness. Even though he was not filled with God's spirit, God still was merciful. And it says, and they buried him in his own sepulcher, which he had made for himself in the city of David, and laid him in the bed, which was filled with sweet odors and diverse kinds of spices, prepared by the apothecary's art. And they made a very great burning for him. With this, my time is up. And I thank you for yours.